This week on the Railsplitter podcast, we are talking the 157th anniversary of the Gettysburg Address. Welcome to the Rail Splitter Podcast, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. I am your co-host, Mary, and joining me tonight is Rail Splitter Jeremy. Hello, everyone. And our little ray of sunshine, Rail Splitter Nick. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Doing your virtual, prepping for your virtual Thanksgiving because 2020 sucks. It does. It does indeed. Uh, my Thanksgiving is going to have six people, and four of them... <laughs> Or my family, plus two others, so yep. pretty responsible-ish, I guess. Yep. No, that's, I um, Canadian Thanksgiving was back in October, and I could not see anybody because I had possibly been exposed to the virus. So, spent the weekend at my house. <laughs> that was it. Um, but as it turned out, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't get the virus, so so that was a good thing. Um, but I am taking some time off next week because I celebrate American Thanksgiving. So I'm going to spend it having virtual beers with some of my American friends, watching football, taking Friday off and maybe going on a little virtual road trip with some of my American friends too. So yeah. Are you going to wait and make any virtual Black Friday lines and try to tackle virtual people to get a virtual deal on a TV? No, you know what? I did that a couple years ago, um, actual Black Friday, and I vowed never, ever to do it again because it's <laughs> you, your, your celebration of American Thanksgiving was in peril. After it, seeing, <laughs> you know, maybe I don't like America all that much. <laughs> I had to drive around to three different stores looking for something for JRA, and I finally found it. So it was like striking it rich. It was the Google Home the thing with the screen or whatever i don't know anyway we didn't have them in canada at the time so i finally found it at home depot of all places oh wow all right i can i considered myself um that was like getting savannah (laughs) (laughs) it it took about as much effort it did i think the text message i sent him was something like i begged to present you the google home (laughs) i did something more nerd related around that anyway but so anyway, but of course, of course, in Rail Splitter Nation, we we always have to acknowledge. I believe we have every year that uh, Thanksgiving was, of course, announced as a national holiday by Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. himself, and he announced it in October of 1863 um, to be to take some time to express thanks. So, had it not been for President Lincoln, we would not have Thanksgiving. Um, and I don't really think he actually tied it to any sort of pilgrim indigenous meetup at all i think it was more just a a day to give thanks and it's just kind of morphed into i don't even know is it still a thing do they still talk about that in schools elementary kids i know we don't really i I think i saw one of my rational world one of my friends who's whose kids are in virtual school she posted today that um instead of talking about like thanksgiving they're talking about the history of the macy's thanksgiving day parade which i thought was that's that's pretty cool like (laughs) yeah it's a commercialism. That's what yeah. it's all about. But getting away from the, the pilgrims and all that. I think Lincoln, didn't he pardon a turkey? Yeah. You see the first one that did that? I think he I think, I he, think he was. Yeah, I think he was the first one to pardon I know there a was a big break. Like, he did it, and then no one did it for a while, and now they always do it, except for... You know, 2020 is going to be the year that Thanksgiving doesn't happen, and instead of pardoning the turkey, he's going to pardon himself. Oh, so, God. Um, yeah, that's what I got gross i guess actually it's been like three weeks since we last recorded so since that time you guys have a new president well president-elect right now whoa depend who you ask all right i know did i miss you asked uh the rudy man you know he sees a different story so (laughs) jeez i mean really to be fair though to be to be fair he's Joe Biden's only the president-elect if you insist on counting every vote. Yes. Otherwise, you know. Shit, Biden's won like 15 different times already with all these uh, court challenges getting denied. Oh, it's more than that. It's like uh, 
one they're like one and 30 i think or 31 now that's crazy yeah something like that i don't think we've ever had that kind of controversy over an election here in canada ever we haven't either it's ridiculous i know it's crazy that's That's because you guys aren't as cool as us thanks that's good (laughs) If being boring means that I get Dude. true daddy as my prime minister, I will take that. True daddy. Hey, all the cool countries have contested uh, elections on no grounds okay. at all. Well, then we're <laughs> yeah, not for cool. No, for no reason. <laughs> now you watch the next election will be contested and there'll be riots in this country. Oh, man. Careful. Yeah, it's uh, we joke now and then in you know, like three weeks we're going to just record an episode and it's like. Yep. Our last our last use of free airways and free speech. Oh yeah, I know. Um, anyway, speaking speaking of speech, we are actually um, going to talk tonight about the 157th anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, which I hope I did the math right on that. It is 157. You did. You did. Good. Okay. Great. Because math is definitely not my strong suit. Dude, can I just bring up? So I know our, our listeners can't see this, but I feel like we're about to watch boys just to start wa- working out right here. I I do too. I, uh, I feel like he's going to start okay. like I, I knew. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> like he's like. What are uh, you going to get your weight bench out and start? No, I my, I needed to plug in so my battery wouldn't die, and my <laughs> power supply was upstairs. So you all just got the tour of the house when <laughs> I just got a tour of my laptop upstairs. Grabbed the power supply and had to move my table over near a plug. If you and hear him breathing heavy, if you hear him breathing heavy, it's because he's doing push-ups literally yeah, right there's now. There's no other reason. <laughs> it's just because I went up a flight of stairs, but I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm plugged in. Yeah, they're going to be wondering of... what you were doing. We we had a view of his closet and his shirts hanging up yeah. for a few minutes. Yep, you can see we're uh, very organized, right? <laughs> you are way more organized than I am. Organization, my closet, I bet. So yeah, but I got my backup power supply, plugged it in. Plenty. Of, now I don't even need to worry about my battery. But yes, you did the math right. 157 years. Oh, good. Yeah, because math is definitely not uh, not my strong suit. That's for sure. So anyway, 157th anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, and obviously things were a little bit different this year for it in in Gettysburg because of the pan- pandemic. They couldn't have the dedication oh. like they usually do. I thought it was because of something else. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> they canceled the illumination at the cemetery as well, which I was lucky enough to be able to attend a couple years ago, and it's absolutely amazing. And once the pandemic's over and I can travel again, I'd love to attend it again because it's a very moving... Um, the whole Remembrance Day weekend is just amazing to be there for it. What do they do? Why don't you walk us through what they do? At Remembrance... Since you've been there. Remembrance weekend? Like, no, yeah, yeah. Gettysburg, right? Yeah, yeah, Gettysburg. So they do have a parade... Um, which is just different reenacting groups, but it's still pretty cool. I actually, I've never attended the parade before, but I, I actually watched it via video last year because someone was like live streaming it. So I watched it. It's pretty cool to see all the different reenacting groups that are there. I had to drive through the town after the parade had ended when I was there two years ago, which was fun. At one point, I said, the effing army of the Potomac is crossing in front of my vehicle. I said that out loud, and then I got stuck when the Army of Northern Virginia was crossing in front of my vehicle. So, yeah, make sure you get there before the parade ends, or just find somewhere to go until after everyone's cleared out of town. Um, But then I think it's that night they do the illumination at the cemetery. So they put um, a kind of a a luminary or candle on every single grave, and they have volunteers. um, And actually, there was a couple people in some Gettysburg Facebook groups that I'm part of that were supposed to be reading the names this year. But they just read the names of all the the soldiers that are in the cemetery. It's It's very, very moving. But then every so often, they get to one that is unknown. And then you hear another unknown. And that's, that's one of the sadder ones is, is how many unknowns that you actually hear. So they do that. And then um, the night of the 18th, uh, the David Wills house is open. And you can go through it, which is where Abraham Lincoln stayed the night before the Gettysburg Address. It's where he finished the Gettysburg Address the morning of the 19th. And, um, and then they do a dedication. It's also where they do a citizenship ceremony too. So I got to see that when I was there two years ago and that was pretty cool. But then they have, you know, 
the president of Gettysburg College usually gives a speech and they have a keynote speaker as well. Um, and then they have um, somebody deliver the Gettysburg Address. So it's, it's actually a very cool thing to attend. So they do the same thing every year. So, But obviously they d- didn't get to do it this year. They had to do it virtually, which probably might have brought got more people watching it, I think. So I really hope that the I really hope post pandemic, a lot of this virtual stuff that we're having to do right now that it sticks around because I think it, you can still attend the events in person. But I think we're going to see a shift into keeping a lot of this stuff virtual, even if you can attend in person, there's still going to be a virtual aspect to it. And then that's going to get more people involved, which is great. You know what they need to do is have a John Hay and Nicolay pub crawl oh. um, to represent the the, <laughs> the night of them getting sauced. That's um, what I actually instead of like tweeting about what Lincoln was doing, I actually did some tweets today that were um, focused on how John Nicolay and John Hay might have been feeling today. Yeah, which was whiskey hangovers are probably the worst. But yeah, I would agree like a pub crawl. <laughs> that would be awesome. Because the whole town celebrated the night on uh, the night of the 18th. So why not? Right? Yeah, I think I'm sure somebody's have had to come up with that idea before. But yeah. um, if not, uh, maybe maybe the Railsport crew will have to go out there and organize that. I think we should. Do that. I, feel, I feel like a 200th episode uh, trip coming coming into <laughs> yeah. shape here. Yeah, yeah. The 200th episode will be the Nicolay and Hay pub crawl in Gettysburg. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't imagine how hungover they were the next day. That would have been. I can because I have. Oh, I've. Oh, actually, I've been there. I've been there too. Like whiskey. Hang- I'm pretty sure they were drinking uh, yeah. whiskey. They were out to like. Yeah. They were out we to all like done our party. research into you know just, <laughs> yeah. just just for historical purposes to yeah try to figure out how they felt that day. But yeah, they and then one. I think it was Nicolay had to uh, get out of bed and help Lincoln finish the speech, and Hay got to sleep a little bit. But still, like that would have been brutal. So this is the real reason it's only 272 words. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you all thought it was just because it was that good. No, no, Nicolay was like, just finish it. Hey, did you write the speech? No, I thought you did. Well, you got to put something down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely very different this year for it. Um, that's for sure. It was, you know, I saw a few people that were there, like that live in the area posting pictures. And like I said, one of um, one of our listeners, Tom Pete, I think he was there today or it might have been pictures from when he was there before. Um, but it was just a very different look like nobody is very, yeah, very empty. Bummer. Yeah, it's really, hopefully things are different next year. Um, But we decided to do a little bit of a virtual aspect to this episode. Um, So not only are we going to talk about what our favorite lines are from the speech and maybe some of our favorite stories surrounding the the story, like the time that Lincoln was in Gettysburg for the dedication of the Soldier Cemetery, but we took it to Twitter and Facebook to find out what our listeners thought, what their favorite lines were, and some of their favorite stories as well. So, and we got a lot of good feedback. So, where should we begin, guys? With our favorite lines, or should we go yeah, right to our listeners? Uh, let's, let's, we got a, we had some, such a great response. Why don't we kind of start with some listeners and go back and forth, maybe? Because we got, yeah. like you said, the feedback was awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, so we'll start with Twitter. So, the first one is Dennis A. Smith, and he said his favorite line is, Now we are engaged in a great civil war. And I thought that one was really timely um especially considering the last four years in the united states you know not the same type of conflict but still a lot of conflict the next one is actually my co-host on civil war breakfast club darren um he said the unfinished work which they fought for fought for have thus far so nobly advanced so that's another great line too yeah, I really like that line, the the use of the word, like, nobly advanced. So it's not, um, you know, oftentimes people talk about service as, like, um, defending freedom or defending the union or, uh, but him saying he that, that, that they advanced the cause, not not just fought for it, but but advanced it, strengthened it. Um, so I, I like it. And, and, of course, being noble is, is a good way, a good modifier there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, he you know he calls kind of the unfinished work, you know, feels like 
you know, as he's getting to the intent of the war, and then he says that the the what they did was advance that work as opposed to like you know some sort of defense of it or something. I just I, I really like that choice of word. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Um, and the next one is from Terrence Graham. And he said, for me, the best definition of democracy there is, that's how he feels about the address, and worded so well, of the people, by the people, for the people. So I thought that was yeah. another great point, too. That, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of timely right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wonder if you could go back, you know, if we went back and did this again next year, if people's, if there would be different lines mentioned you know, because yeah, this, this is be interesting. this is such a timeless speech that I think it's like if you're going through something, you know, you might look to different lines at different times for inspiration or whatever. So yeah, that might have to do this again next year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, and even even if it's very much the same, it's just kind of fun to mm-hmm. revisit. I mean, it's only 272 words, so there's only there's only so many things that, uh, and and I think the whole speech is covered. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, in one way or another in, um, in the responses we got, yeah. um, I really like the, of the people, by the people, for the people. I mean, it's, there's so much there. Um, I think Lincoln's use of parallelism is, um, is obviously very strong there. Um, and he's used it very well. Uh, but of course the, what follows is, you know, basically he's saying that, that this whole thing, the whole thing that we're doing is to see if a government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. So, mm-hmm. so really pointing out that this was a fight for the soul of the country, um, you know, and, and I always um, kind of go back to, you know, that the line that was attributed to Ben Franklin after the, I think it was after the Constitutional Convention, um, when someone asked him, like, what did you come up with? And he says, a republic, if you can keep it, um, you know, and that feels very, very, very pertinent now, right? Because like, are we going to be able to keep it? Um, are we truly going to be a republic? And and I think Lincoln had the very very similar thought. Like this whole thing is just to see if we can keep this from perishing, from mm-hmm. from dying, from going away. Um, and and that was I feel pretty pretty powerful, especially after um, coming after the line uh, that parallelism that, that Terrence pointed out. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a really good one too. Um, and then Laura, she said that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. And she said, to me, this sparks to the idea of an inclusive, equitable society, one which didn't exist at the time of the founders and still hadn't fully been realized, but will someday. Good stuff. I like yes. it. Yeah. that? Laura on Twitter. Um, her handle is at Juicy Couture. She's actually been a longtime listener. She's uh, uh, her... Her name's Laura Sherman. She's actually uh, an ancestor. Her ancestor is General Sherman. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Yeah. And, and I, I think this line is awesome. I, I'm no, I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, that's a, that's a terrible line from the Gettysburg no. Address. I don't, know why, I don't know why you would have selected it. So maybe I'll just stop saying that. Oh, yeah, that's a great choice because all of every word is, is brilliant. Exactly. Um, just, just to point out a little history, there's. Um, there's a little bit of debate or there was a little bit of debate over whether or not um, he actually included under God uh, in the speech itself. Cause there was like one of his handwritten copies didn't have it. And most of them do. I think the general consensus from historians is that he did indeed say under God mm-hmm. uh, in the speech. Um, my take on it is, is it doesn't matter <laughs> if he no, said under doesn't. God or not. Um, you know, you can get it, you know, we can get into the history of his religion and we have, and we will again. Um, but, uh, if you're interested in, you know, the 272 words or 270, um, the consensus or the, the most, most accepted, uh, take on that is that he did say under God. Mm. And yeah, just to, um, to your point about there not being like a bad line, it's just really interesting to see what people pick, what line speaks to them the most. That was it, there was a lot of variety in the answers, which was awesome from our listeners. Yeah, I thought so too. Some of some folks like pick something, and I'm like, really? And then as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, dang, that's you're right. That is, you know, I never because yeah. I never really, you know, I mean, of course you break it down, but you know, when you wanted to, when you say favorite or something that really really resonates with you, that's a little bit of a different take than like the rhetorical analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really enjoyed the opportunity to kind of 
visit some lines of it that I didn't really in, in the same way before. It was fun. Yeah. I I think like see like seeing how other people interpret it or what speaks to them is really, really interesting because for me, it made me look at the address again and think, okay, like why is this person picking this line? Like not that there's a bad pick, but then you go back and read it again. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, this is why. And this address, I think more than ever on the 157th anniversary of it is more important it's just as important as what it was in 1863, especially this year, I think, with with all that's gone on. So I think it's especially important to remember it right now. Um, and then we have, um, so Teach Civil War on Twitter. He's at Pfeiffer1863. He actually posted a link to his website, which he does it for, like, teachers and stuff. So it's teachcivilwar.com. Um, but I had a look at it. And he's actually a really good follow on Twitter as well. Um, and it's good, not just for teachers, but anybody who would be interested in Lincoln in the civil war, like he kind of breaks down how to teach different aspects and he's got a couple parts in the Gettysburg address as well. Um, and then boomer bear who is at barefoot boomer on Twitter, his favorite line was it is for us living rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work, which they fought here have thus so far nobly advanced. So there's a, there's a repeat right there, I think. Um, and then he added, he said, and the work goes on. And he included a photo from Gettysburg of, you know, the kind of the memorial to where the address was, was given. Yeah. And I, I like the, the call for, to us, the living basically saying, you know, you can't just honor what they did unless it's, unless we're also dedicated mm -hmm. to that work. Yeah. And then, uh, Mike Dillon said, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here. Liar. That's another crazy thing. Like Lincoln gets was like, nobody's going to remember what I say. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is a little bit to that though. Like, of course the world very much notes and very longly remembers uh, what he said there. I don't think it was quite the, the groundbreaking earth shattering speech that, you know, sometimes people remember it being. Um, and I think his historic hindsight has a way of doing that. Um, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's important it's absolutely essential to understanding Lincoln, the man and understanding mm -hmm. the civil war. And it's very important. I'm not saying it's not, but at the time, you know, in the moment I, there wasn't like this feeling of Holy shit that, you know, like he, he just said it right there. You know, it was, it was one speech among many. Um, and I think over time it, 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 it rose to mythic levels. Mm -hmm. um, again, not to say it wasn't important, but um, I think you can, very much compare it to the I Have a Dream speech, um, which, mm -hmm. of course, Dr. King modeled directly after the Gettysburg Address. He yeah. started by saying five score years ago, our fathers, you know, and on and on. Um, but at the time, um, and uh, and I'll admit, I'm just I'm reading a book that, <laughs> that just talked about this. So maybe it's, maybe it's just because it's fresh in my head. But at the time, there was only like 23% like of the country supported the March on Washington. Mm -hmm. um, so it's three to one against. Um, and, and at the time, it wasn't the I Have a Dream speech that was this hugely unifying idea that people got behind. It was, you know, looked down upon by many, scorned by many, and really not, not, not really realized as this big historic moment. But it kind of grew over time, and now it's become this mythical thing. I think the Gettysburg Address... Um, is similar to that, um, where it's, it's almost more important in hindsight because it helps us understand what the war was about and what Lincoln was about. Mm -hmm. And I have a dream speech helps us understand what that part of the civil rights movement was and what, what Dr. King was about. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of funny how he says the war long remembered, they did note it as much and they noted it more and more and more and more as time went on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It yeah, exactly. Like some newspapers didn't, I guess you could say, give it a very good review or whatever. And, you know, Edward Everett was there speaking too, and he spoke for two and a half hours. And he was, he was, I think, the keynote speaker. And Lincoln was brought in almost like an afterthought to just to say a few appropriate remarks where I believe what the, the letter was written, um, inviting him to, to speak there. And yeah, like at first, like it was not well received but then as you said it just through time history or whatever it's it's gained a lot of ground it it to me it's absolutely timeless like you can read it and completely relate to it no matter what year it is yep 
Yeah, and I think a good example of that is like speeches don't have titles, right? He didn't go there saying like this is I call this one the Gettysburg Address, yep. or I call this one the I Have a Dream speech. Like it gets a name when it be, you know as it grows in status. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes in, in hindsight, so yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Garfield home. They have a really awesome Twitter account. They uh, they kindly reminded us that today is also James Garfield's birthday. <laughs> I think he was born in, on this day, I think in 1831. Um, but he was an admirer of Lincoln, as I learned when I visited the home a few years ago. Now, at first, Garfield was not an admirer of Lincoln, but he grew to revere him over time, as many did. Like General Sherman did, General Grant did. But throughout the Garfield home, there are many portraits of Lincoln, which is very cool to see. It is. And of course, Garfield, many of you probably know this, but he was a general in the Union Army. Um, and of course, ended up also uh, giving his life in service of the country. Yep. And he's the reason that uh, we have the Rock of Chickamauga, because he gave General Thomas his nickname, the Battle of Chickamauga. So, yeah, it's pretty cool that they they brought that up. They're a great follow on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, too. Um, and then finally from tw- Twitter, we had Abraham Ford, who said that McPherson um, has a great book or has a great speech on the address or, or lecture. And Will's book is also essential to read on it, too. So I got some book yep. recommendations there, too. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook, we had a lot of we had a lot of feedback on there too, which was awesome. Um, so Megan suggested to post photos um, from visits there, um, which Tom Pete did, and he was at Gettysburg today, and he took a picture where the dedication usually is, and it was empty. It was really eerie to see that because mm-hmm. when I was there two years ago, it was that there was like you know people are you know they have chairs for so many people, but then you have people just standing as well. Um, so Sherry said that her favorite line is the world will, will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what we did here. And then she said, Oh, Mr. Lincoln, we remember. (laughs) Oh yes, we do. Yeah. And then Brian, his was for those who gave their lives that the nation might live. That's another one where kind of looking at it again or looking at it on its own the, the use of lives and live mm-hmm. you know gave their lives so we might like that's just such a you know and we've talked about abraham lincoln is his communication style where this is very very um high level stuff you know he's where that turn of phrase to to combine the the word lives and live in this you know but it's you know they're opposites right like one is talking about death and the other is talking about survival mm-hmm. Um, just a brilliant turn of phrase. Um, and his vocabulary was, of course, very, very well advanced, but his speeches were so accessible. Like there's not a word in the, you know, I'm sure if you did like a, you know, looked at the Lexile score or whatever, it's probably, mm-hmm. you know, fourth graders or whoever, you yeah. know, whatever could read it and understand it very well. Um, but at the same time, it's so deep and there's so many literary devices and rhetorical devices that he uses. And this is a great example where, you know, give, gave their lives so the nation might live is just, uh, it's just brilliant. I, I absolutely love that line. Mm. Yeah. Nick, do you have any thoughts at all? About what? <laughs> what we're talking about, <laughs> dude. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. I'm a little No, no, no you're not. I just no, no, wanted no, to I'm... bring Nick in too. <laughs> no, I've actually just been listening um, and you guys kind of go over that. I mean, you guys are all right on point. I mean, mm. like you said, there's endless numerous lines i've been i'm enjoying listening to why the readers or our listeners pick the lines that they did mm-hmm. um so and like you guys have said you can't go wrong um yeah i'll, I'll provide some more input here down the road okay I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't i am worry about actually it. paying attention i know you are I, just, <laughs> I know you are i just want to see if you wanted to say anything at all <laughs> um so then John Bauer, who's actually, I think he's been a listener for, from the beginning. Long time. He's like an yeah. OG rail splitter. Yeah, he is. Um, he was actually a guest on one of our episodes, too, when we mm-hmm. brought yep. some listeners on. Um, so he said that the call to action is what speaks to him the most. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they fought here have thus so nobly advanced. And he said, it's a harbinger of both ask not. And I have a dream nearly a century later. So I thought you'd like that one, Jeremy. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've uh, exchanged some messages here and there with Dr. Bauer. He's a super, super nice guy. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's an educator and he's an educational leader, too. So he's, you know, making some tough decisions. And, um, you know, I enjoy seeing his social media kind of talking about, you know, he has very similar thoughts on looking at history as a as a guide mm-hmm. um, to me and to us. Um, but I love how he called it a call to action. Um, and then, and then, t- and then kind of alluded to the, to how it echoes in history through, you know, at the ask not, and I have a dream, um, among, you know, and of course there, there are others too that always come to mind, but, um, yeah, I like the, you know, it is for us the living because that, that to me is not talking about, you know, the, the people who were there and we're hearing it are no longer the living, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln is no longer the living. So I look at that as that's not a call to them anymore. It's, it's a call to us. Um, and we, and we do need to be dedicated to that unfinished work because not only is it us the living, but the, the work is still unfinished, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're still very much in, in the work, um, and, and they advanced it. And, uh, you know, that's very much the call to action that Dr. Bauer was talking about. Um, hopefully we can nobly advance it as well <laughs> in our, in our little spheres of influence. Um, but, uh, yeah, to look, looking to Lincoln and then of course, Kennedy and King among mm-hmm. others is, is, yeah. is very, very important. Um, and the next one was from Scott K. I can't pick one line because the whole speech is great. It reminds me why the war was fought and that we are still a long way from that fulfilled promise. I thought that was a really good point. Which is why I think it's good we remember this address every year. Because, you know, we still are, we've seen that we still are far away from that. I think. Yeah. And I like how Scott talked about it as a promise because that's, very much what Lincoln was doing was saying like, you know, our fathers brought forth on this continent, basically an idea that hasn't yet come to fruition truly or fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it still hasn't, um, you know, not to say that their dream was similar to, you know, <laughs> to what it should have been in 21st century through a 21st century lens. Um, but yeah, we're still working to fulfill that promise. And then um, Jim S also a longtime listener. <laughs> As well. Um, he actually gave us a really nice shout out on Twitter today, too, which is so. So thank you for that, Jim. Yes, thank you. Thank yeah, you. That was awesome of him to do that. Um, he said, we have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that the nation might live. And he said as to why I think it is such an optimistic outlook during a difficult time when the war was still to go on for over another year. I see parallels to today and the times we're living in from the deep political division to the COVID-19 pandemic. When I hear common sense statements from our president elect and his team, I also feel optimism and yet uncertainty too, because there is so much to be done and it does at times feel overwhelming. All in all, our democracy seems to be on the precipice of coming back. I would have to agree with everything he said. He's, you know, and I'm, I'm a Canadian looking in on what is going on in your country right now, but you know, like, I have, like, I do feel like I have stuff at stake in the country, too, because that's where my best friends live, you know? It's where people, some of the people that I'm, I'm closest with in the world are. Um, but, yeah, like, what he says, you know, like, I felt like after I heard Biden had been the president-elect, I suddenly felt hope again, you know? Even though I live in, like, I, I am blessed to live in the country I do. I have an amazing prime minister in Justin Trudeau. You know, I'm very, very lucky, but still, there was still that hope that, you know, now we have someone. But yeah, I, I understand, too, what Jim is saying with this, like, it does feel overwhelming at times. It does still feel like we have a long road ahead of us with this pandemic, too. Yeah, and I think Biden might be inheriting, I mean, probably since the Civil War, the nation hasn't been this divided yeah. or dug in on either side. And, you know, there's a lot of parallels there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Lincoln inherited definitely a more severe crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to see who Biden kind of looks back on. Um, I don't know much about Biden as far as who he looks back as historical idols and stuff. Um, to me, I got to feel like he's probably looked or thought about Lincoln during this time. I would I would not be shocked if that was the case. It'd be interesting, though, um, to hear if that's indeed um, something that's that he has well, reflected didn't, on didn't he mention to. the better angels in his victories or his his speech he did 
Yeah, yeah, he did. And, yeah, and, right and, and, and I don't think that that was by, I mean, I think that was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there's probably an entire, epi- an, an entire episode here. Um, but I can't help but think about the parallels between the two men. Um, hopefully, you know, and I've got, I have issues with Joe Biden. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. You know, I did not vote for him in the primary. I enthusiastically voted for him in the general and was thrilled when he won and I'm scared for what's happening now. But um, he, he's a moderate. Um, Abraham Lincoln was viewed as a moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the one thing that unites these two men uniquely um, in the history of American politics is, is how their lives were shaped by loss. Yeah. And, and what that does to a person, I, you know, obviously none of us, hopefully, you know, very few of us can empathize with, but um you know, he is widely regarded. Joe Biden is widely regarded as a kind man, a, a, you know, somewhat just a good person, mm-hmm. conscientious, cares, loves people. Um, and, and you have to think that, you know, of course, a tragedy, you know, he, you know, for those of you maybe um, who aren't as familiar, he um, when he was what 30 years old, he lost mm-hmm. his wife and baby to, mm-hmm. in a car accident um, and his sons were hurt. Um but yeah, like, I mean, we talk about how Lincoln's Lincoln had that empathy, um, both from grow, growing up in poverty and then from going through loss. Um, and I, I think Joe Biden shares that with him. And I think that's where that empathy comes from and that just a good heart um, and the ability to work with rivals. You know, he, uh, Joe Biden came out of a pretty, you know, very crowded uh, field. He was obviously much more established than Abraham Lincoln was. But, you know, the. The party, the Democratic Party, they call it the progressive wing and the in the moderate. You know, that's not unlike Lincoln's time. Um, and Joe Biden's going to have to reach out to leaders in the progressive, um, you know, Congresswoman Ocasio-Ortez and um, Tlaib and, you know, all of, you know, the, the more um, progressive wing of the party, you know, similarly to how Lincoln had to reach out uh, to a broad political party at the time. So, um yeah, I don't want to get too far away from the Gettysburg Address, but I do think there's a lot to be compared between the two men. Oh, we should definitely do an episode about that then sometime, I think. That would be really, really timely. So there, we're getting mm-hmm. episode ideas for this too, which is awesome. And the transition was not not smooth either. No, well, I think... Nick like, and I, Nick and I talked a little bit about that yesterday. Um, yeah, that's a good episode I, topic right there. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, and you know, you think back to like who the president was at the time lincoln was president elect it's buchanan and he's basically by this point he's shut down you know he's like not not by wanting the way, to deal with the shit going on just, just i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you mary oh, yeah. um just a real quick shout out to the buchanan fans out there we just wanted to congratulate you on no longer having the worst president <laughs> in american history <laughs> you had a you had a hell of a run it was yep. it was a good good hundred and you know 60 years or so um but but the, it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of yep. failures um, and now you're the second worst. Yep. Well, whoa, Nick, Nick, whoa, 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 whoa. Nick is gonna, whoa, Nick, Nick, Nick's coming in here with Fillmore. Millard Fillmore might have something to say about that number two ranking. So, uh, I guess I set him up for that, Mary. I apologize. Yeah, you totally did. You knew. There, we've had our Fillmore reference for the episode. Hey, when are we gonna dissect a Fillmore speech like this? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Do you really want to do that? Because if you do, you can research that. I don't think he gave any speeches. He was too dumb. Well, was, too that, was, dumb. that was a terrible burn. He knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> much better. Much better. Our next review will be you getting roasted over shitting all over <laughs> Fillmore. Hey, I said the name right, so I'm good on that one. <laughs> this, is, this is a little foreshadowing, though. It's a little bit of foreshadowing for yeah. the uh, the reviews we're going to read. Um so next up is Jim B. He said, lots of symbolism in the address, life and death, past, present, and future, his use of words to reinforce sentiments, and just lots of different ideas. So I thought that was a really good, you know, capturing the whole address, basically, in, in what he said there. Yep. And I like how, you know, he, he said lots of symbolism. That's absolutely true. And, yeah. and I think this is a good time to once again point out 272 words. So to get life and death, past, present, and future, you know, reinforcing those sentiments, like a lot, you know, Jim says a lot, a lot of ideas, like, yeah, in two minutes, it's just, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. 
And then Dr. David Kent, who has been a longtime listener as well as a guest. I think he's been on the show twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a really awesome blog, too. Um, so he said his favorite is four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And he said this opening line reiterates the founder's most basic principle, all men are created equal. Not only have we not achieved that ideal, we have regressed in recent years. It's time to rededicate ourselves to working toward the more perfect union that has been so elusive. Keep on preaching. Yep. That was I think awesome. That, yeah. I, yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Oh, up, yes. Uh, Upvote up, like. Thumbs yes. up. Yes. 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 Thank yes. you, yes. Dr. Yes. Kent. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and, and of course, I don't think it's a stretch at all to feel that if Lincoln were alive today, he would not have used the word men. Um, but of course, mm-hmm. we, gotta, we, we do got to give him a little bit of a pass considering it was, you know, the 19th century. And yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've never, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a female, obviously. Um, I've never had a problem with it because I know it was the 19th century. Language was different. And I know that if Lincoln lived today, it would be, he would be using a different kind of language, you know, for, for that part of the address, I think. Yep. Um, and Laura, she said, you could start with the very first line, reminding us that our nation was conceived in liberty and dedicated to the notion that all men are created equal. He builds from there until his plea for a new birth of freedom and that this government of, by, and for the people shall not perish. There is not one word word wasted. It is a masterful, even poetic piece of writing. One of my favorite story, when she said, one of my favorite stories is Mary sending him a telegram that Tad was getting better. And that's right. Tad was sick at the time. And she, Mary did send him a, a telegram saying that he was getting better. For obvious reasons, Lincoln was nervous about leaving. Tad was sick. You can see the tele, telegram on display at the Will's house. So, but that's really yeah. like that's she summed it up to just as well as Dr. Kent did. Like, there's not one word or line wasted in this speech. Like, no matter what you pick, is going to make somebody think, like, "Wow, yeah, I get why you picked that line." Mm-hmm. And, and Laura's done a nice job of pointing out that this is a, a human who's got family issues and <laughs> and the weight of the presidency on him uh, on his shoulders and the war, and he's and he's still doing making this eloquent. Mm-hmm. Uh, appeal to history and future generations. And, and, you know, I think it, you know, we need to also acknowledge that um, he did all of this for future generations and to, to really put the war in context, but he also did what he, what he went there. He did what, did what he came for. The people got what they came for. He was there to dedicate the battlefield. So Mm -hmm. he, he was still, he's still very, very well uh, thanked, acknowledged um, the sacrifices that, that, the the actual soldiers who were there uh, and are still there made. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then Jeff said that his was government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. And he said, with those final words, Lincoln told the nation why the war was worth fighting, and they are even more important to us today. And I would agree with that completely. They are very, very much important to us today. Mm-hmm. And then um, Chris W. said um, that he agrees with what John Bauer said. It is for us the living rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work, which they who fought here have thus so far nobly advanced. The cause didn't end at Appomattox. It is an ideal we have to work hard to keep every single day and defend against those both foreign and domestic that would take it away. Domestic. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> don't domestic. forget about the domestic, domestic. Um yeah. and mike g said um that he really enjoys the travel and background information prior to lincoln's address that was provided by john hay in the book lincoln's boys which we used for our research on our episodes that we did about nicolay and hay and lincoln's boys is definitely a book i would recommend it also talks and about their drunken escapades in gettysburg the night before the address yeah. and that's a great section of the book it is right. So I agree with you. Oh, so that was awesome to see what our listeners thought. Yeah, we covered much of the speech, but there was a lot of um, kind of common threads. Um, And I, I was really um, happy to see or kind of, you know, feel the camaraderie, of course, of the Lincoln community, but also that uh, so many of us look at those words to to drive us today. It's Mm -hmm. just to me really, really cool. 
Well, I think more than ever, it was really important to somehow bring us all. And that's not what I did. Like, I was, you know, like, when we decided to do this, it was like, okay, well, let's see what people think. But now I'm looking at it thinking like, wow, we just all were able to talk about the Gettysburg Address together, find out what our listeners thought, and just bring about that sense of community again, because we can't get together right now in this pandemic. You know, so it was nice to do this. Um, It was really like... I'm very, very, we have awesome listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> and we get another three-star review. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my favorite line in the address is, and this one was mentioned a few times, I think, it is rather for us here to be dedicated to the great task remaining before us that these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. That's my absolute favorite line. Like it. Love it. Um, I don't know. Just something about last full measure of devotion to know what they were fighting for and to know what, like, we still have to fight for as well. mm -hmm. That one speaks to me more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. What's your favorite line, Nick? (laughs) <laughs> God, he's giggling. Uh Biden. That's kind of cheesy, but uh four scores of seven years ago. Man, when you hear those words, it just puts you in a good mood. And you know exactly what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like a classic band's greatest hit, that opening, you know, riff to a song or that bass line that is so legendary and stuff. But I will say, at the same time, you know, you got your bands who have like their popular songs, right? That everybody knows. But if you're really into the band, it's never really your favorite song. But sometimes you need a moment where you go back and you reflect on it and truly understand why it's so popular. And then you kind of come away with newfound respect and go, you know what? That is a good song. I don't have to be such a hipster. And that's kind of what my attitude was here today. You know, the Gettysburg Address, I don't think I was into it, you know, as much as definitely you two are and a lot of our listeners. But after going through it again, which I haven't done in a long time, it kind of reminded me, you know what? Yeah, there is a reason why this is. Quit being such a damn hipster and just, you know, acknowledge that this is a a jam. This is a hit. Um, You know, this is a five-star speech. It's a banger, man. And... Um, so I, I enjoyed it for that fact. It made me rethink about the Gettysburg Address, which I had not done in a long time, um, just because I kind of have attitude like, you know, been there, done that. So, um, but to me, four scores seven years ago, I mean, it's that opening line, bam, you know, it puts you in Lincoln, puts me in a good mood, puts a smile on my face. I've been to Gettysburg. I know where he did it, set, set it at. Um, it just brings back a lot of positives. Um, I like your greatest hits, um, reference to. Yeah, I, I do too. Because I I feel that way too. Like, because you, you, you know, there's Lincoln people out there who are like, actually, he made a, a speech to Congress that was much better. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, good for you. Like, you know, you got you got the deep cut. You win. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> you, you can quote that one. You, good good job. But sometimes um, it's but about yeah. what can speak to the people as a whole, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. you know, yeah. I prefer his earlier work. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I took a little bit of a different track. Um, really, I think that it's, you know, I, and I've mentioned it, and I apologize if I'm beating into the ground a little bit, but the brevity of the speech is hugely important, I think, because, you know, sometimes we overlook that, you know, 272 words, two and a half minutes, you know, the Everett line of you said more in two minutes than I said in two hours um, is, is important. But it's but it's this is not an era of brief speeches. You know, this is, you know, People come to see someone speak, yeah. so it would be as if you went to to like a, a you know if there was a Netflix movie show or a, or you go to see a Star Wars movie and it was ten minutes long, and you leave saying like and it was brilliant, right? I mean, it was that that you know they they came expecting more, um, but his you know the the two speeches to me that stand out are, are this and the second inaugural, mm-hmm. um, and just as a comparison of length, uh, the second inaugural is the second shortest inaugural speech of all of them. And the only one shorter was George Washington's second inaugural address. And I believe that one was just short because he's like, I, I like, there's no change. Like I was the president and I'm still the president. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge thing. And his was like 130 words. Um, And then, and then in Lincoln's second inaugural is less than a thousand words. And 
Um, there's been some others that are close-ish, but you know now of course they're much longer. But in those days, they, you know people came expecting long speeches. Um, and what what jumps out to me from the Gettysburg Address and the first and second inaugural is he was so good with words and his ideas had such depth that the memorable parts of them aren't even sentences. They're parts of sentences. Mm -hmm. The things that stick out to us from the first inaugural, better angels of our nature. Yep. The second inaugural with malice toward none with charity for all. Like these are just the beginnings or parts of a sentence. And in the Gettysburg address, um, you know, conceived in Liberty dedicated the proposition that all men are created equal um, is a little bit of a longer one. Um, but the two that really stand out for me are the phrase last full measure of devotion and a new birth of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what a, what a way to, to describe sacrifice and dying for your country. You know, like, um, you know, when people, you know, try to articulate like how we, you know, on Memorial day or whatever, like how we honor, we honor their sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice. We, yep. you know, but just to, to say the words, the last full measure of devotion just puts them on such a higher plane. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a, such a respectful and dignified way to, to really honor that, you know, I don't know how to better describe it. The last full measure of devotion. And then the new birth of freedom, I think is, is just a little phrase that, that really defined very much that the last, you know, kind of the last point or the last theme of the speech, which is we're the, the unfinished work. Like, you know, we need a new birth, a, a starting over um, of freedom, right? Not, 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 we need to keep this country together. Not like the union, you know, union forever, hurrah, hurrah. You know, nothing like that. The, the sentiment is like, this is about freedom and it's either going to die or be born again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of like to pull out those like, um, and of course, then, you know, if you, going on with the things that are stick with us that are not even sentences of the people, by the people, for the people, four score and seven years ago, you know, like, like this is one, you know, ask not what your country can do for you. As, you know, that's a full sentence. The only thing we had to fear is her. That's, you know, like we generally, you know, we generally need to complete the thought for it to be memorable. But he, his his turns of phrase are so good that uh, the phrases stick with us. Mm-hmm. And, and you can and, and that's why I think it's so great. Like Joe Biden saying better angels of our nature. Yep. We know that's in our DNA now as Americans. We know what that means. Um, and, and we know who he's referencing. Um, and it's powerful. And you don't need to put a big black quote in there or you don't need you don't need to say um well you know abraham lincoln once said you know it's 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 there we know what it is mm-hmm. so um i just think that 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 that's what jumps out at me is the brilliance of, of lincoln's speech making yeah no absolutely i completely agree like yeah last full measure of devotion like you said like you can just you can pull sentences from not not sentences but just like little phrases as you said like with malice toward none um, as also, also I'm thinking like fiery trial, just things that, you know, instantly make you think of Lincoln. You can probably mm-hmm. make a word cloud out of it and a really cool one too. Oh yeah, for sure. Dude, I hate word clouds. Oh, of course <laughs> <Sorry>. you do. <laughs> this is his hipster teaching. Like, oh, this you're doing a word cloud. Like oh. I said, he's our little ray of sunshine on the podcast. He's <laughs> positivity and everything. <laughs> Word clouds are pointless or stupid. Uh, you know what? I guess a couple times they're all right. Like, but I take that back. They're not completely pointless, but I don't like them. <laughs> Whatever we like, you don't like. It's not true. It is. Well, I don't like Fillmore, I guess. So that's, yeah, you're right. <laughs> See? There you go. He did live close to Canada. <laughs> probably yeah. the closest of any president yeah it's right across the river <laughs> Could have walked hey, right you're over. trying to bait me into saying something bad about buffalo and i'm not gonna do no that. you're not no i'm not trying to bait <laughs> you we're not do going down again. that road again no you're on air apology <laughs> um and i'm very sorry nick you had a news story to discuss oh yeah whoops yeah so it's whatever you have whatever. the floor we could do it next week, actually, or I could do well. I might as well do it now. Yeah, <laughs> um, it would be awkward not to. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess that kind of wraps up for Gettysburg. Yes. Okay. Point. So yeah. So so thank you to our listeners um, on Twitter and Facebook for giving us your input on this. Um, 
we didn't know how it was going to go, but this has been really, really positive. It was really awesome that all of you had such varied responses and it, we were able to make a whole podcast out of it. So I think maybe this might become an annual thing because it was a really great discussion. I think depending on what the political environment is at the time, it would be different, you know, so it'd be interesting to do this again next year. So thank you again. You guys are awesome. Yes, you are. Yep. And this is a great way to commemorate the 157th anniversary of Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Word. Yep. Time for our weekly features? No, it's time for you to do your news story. I'll tie it into our weekly features. Okay. For the people, by the people? Yep. Dude, it's the Gettysburg Address episode. At least get the phrasing right. Of the people, by the people. Like I said, overrated. Uh, I'll hold off on the negative reviews to the next episode. But uh, oh okay. no, we already talked about them, so you have. No, I want to hear. I haven't read them. I want to. Yeah, so you got you got to talk about them. So do your. How do many your damn th- things I got to do here? All right, Midway Village. It's a local museum. We've talked about it. I think a couple times before. This was the same place we saw Ronald White speak. Me and Boyce, that is mm-hmm. about his uh, Grant biography. Um, so they do a lot of cool presentations, but. Just like many museums, they're battling with the COVID pandemic, and they're trying to figure out virtual things. So what they have done in December, I think it's December 7th, so if you're local and you're listening to this, this is a cool opportunity. They are doing a basically a presentation and a lunch, and they are basically doing Lincoln's favorite recipes is kind of the topic for it. So they are basically serving one of Lincoln's favorite meals, chicken, biscuits, potatoes, mixed vegetables, and apple pie. So you go and you pick that up from a local restaurant in town known as the Machine Shed before 11.30, get it back home. One o'clock, they're doing an hour presentation, and they're having two professional reenactors um, portraying President Lincoln and Mary Lincoln. Cool. So they're probably going to walk you through the recipes, or I'm probably not the recipes, um, but some history behind the food and the Lincolns. I thought that's a really kind of clever idea um, mm-hmm. for the holidays um, to do that. And thought I'd give a shout out to our local museum. They're awesome. They, they're great. Um, they've helped both of us out with some student projects um, and providing archives for us. So archive pictures. So a really clever idea. Cool. Um, it's been very awesome to see some of these virtual things that museums are doing and like mary kind of said i hope they these things continue past the COVID pandemic and i think some of the better ones will so yeah. that'll be great to see no it's been awesome to see all the virtual stuff and it's actually like i'm now part of a civil war round table because of this pandemic i'm part of the yeah. chickamauga chattanooga civil war round table you know which has been great like i i don't know if that would have happened otherwise and I've been able to attend lectures and all this other stuff. So there's, there is some silver lining to what we're going through. And I hope it, some of this positive um, things that have come out of it to kind of make the history community, like the Civil War and Lincoln community, kind of a smaller world. I hope it sticks yeah. once we are through this. Yes, I agree. And even whether it sticks or not. Once this thing is over, we all need to spend some money at museums because they're yeah they're, they're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we have it, I don't want to tell you what to do with your money, but you know, well, I can tell I've you what I, I can, I, I can to, tell to you work. what I'm doing with my money, boys, and it's books and beer. <laughs> <laughs> you can just call it self care, and then people are like, oh, that's good. It is. It is. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I, I know, like, right? I bought presents for my friends recently who have had birthdays, so. See, yeah, really? I, I haven't gotten anything. <laughs> no, when was your birthday? December twenty second. <laughs> okay, say. good to know. So it hasn't happened yet. You know, Boyce just had a birthday though. I don't know, like Jay, it's over a month ago. It's yeah. okay. I'm I'm on the I'm on the wrong side of forty now, so it, they don't matter anymore. Am I the no, so, Am I the youngest on the podcast? I'm twenty five. So, oh, fuck off! No. You are not. Are you, is it your big <laughs> one? This, is it your big one here coming up? Yeah, forty. It's over, man. I've I'm 38. Nothing. I just turned 38. Wow. Yeah, you're a youngin. I remember right. 38. God. <laughs> I'm so much more youthful. 
Okay, Jeremy, over to you for Of the People, By the People. Okay, I have a tweet uh, that was shared by Michael Beschloss, who um, is a historian Mm -hmm. and um, pretty well-known. I don't think, I don't know if he's heard of the show or not. Uh, He's written most recently Presidents of War. Uh, That's among his 10 books. He's a contributor for um, NBC News, and he's a presidential historian. But he tweeted today, uh, the, the anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, that the uh, Harrisburg, he he tweeted a, a, a image of the of a clipping of the Harrisburg Patriot. So you know, right down the road from yep. Gettysburg and, and Harrisburg, um, and they called uh, the, the Gettysburg Address um, unworthy of the occasion and the man. And they said, "quote uh, We pass over the silly remarks of the president for the credit of the nation. We are willing that the veil of oblivion shall be dropped over them, and they shall be no more repeated or thought of." <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they, they were wrong. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, so you can see that not, you know, there was, there was some reaction that wasn't positive uh, mm-hmm. in the moment to the Gettysburg Address. And that, I thought that was a really cool thing to point out. Um, so I, I enjoyed that tweet. Nice. So my other people by the people, um, shout out to Dr. David J. Kent, who has an awesome blog at David J. Um, Let me make sure I get the address right for this. David J. Kent um, hyphen writer.com, I think is the, uh, is the address for it. Um, So he had a really, it, it's probably one of the best articles I've ever read about Confederate monuments. And the title of it was, do we were, do we erase history by removing Confederate monuments? And he posted it on our Real Twitter Facebook page. I would encourage all of our listeners to go read it. It was really, really well written. Um, and he he posts um, whenever he does a blog post, he posts on there. And like I I love that he does that because his blog posts are always very thoughtful and insightful, and they get a lot of discussion going in the comments. So that's really really nice to see on the Facebook page. So shout out to him for doing that. And it was a really really great post. And before we get to our This Week in Lincoln, Nick, I believe you have some reviews to read. All right. So let's go. Let's. I, I already know what one of them is. I read it a few weeks ago. <laughs> let's go. September 18th, 2020. Bill Blaster 1. About to put Mary on blast. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, all right, need more research. Three out of five stars. Good subject matter, and both hosts prepared well. But one is Canadian. It doesn't pronounce the Confederate General Harry Heath's name properly. It is pronounced Heath. How is it pronounced? And she obviously What's, what did. difference does it make if she's Canadian? Like, why? Why do you have to qualify that? Like, well, well, we're not talking first of all. I also didn't watch the movie Gettysburg. Anyway, she obviously Nicole. didn't watch the movie. Seriously, a good podcast, but needs less mindless banter. More description and accounts of actual battle. Now, seriously, a good podcast. They give us a damn five stars, dude. <laughs> Come on, so Bill the, Blaster. The mindless, banter, the mindless banter thing, that's fair. Uh, I like the mindless that, banter. I think some people might enjoy that. That's Moderately definitely more than fair. You know what? Yeah. To be honest, a Canadian not pronouncing stuff right is fair game, too, to me. So <laughs> I just blame it on because I, I speak Canadian. So there. like I pronounce so, Oh, shit. I got another one I got to read, don't I? All right. Yep. So, Bill Blaster, you know. You Thanks know, for the I, review. We read them all. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the review, you know. I'm sorry I'm Canadian. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Yep. Obviously, I got five stars. Mary got one, so you went with the three stars <laughs> yep. there. But, um, sorry, I got, the Canadian got you one star, so sorry. So, here's a one-star podcast from Tuesday. No thanks. <laughs> Sleepless in Chicago. He spelled Chicago S H. <laughs> One star in your spelling. Annoying host. Like, no. Annoying host who think they speak for Abraham Lincoln. And anyone else's conjecture is as good as theirs. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's okay. true. All right. Yeah. Anyone's conjecture. Uh, yeah. Once we welcome again, everybody. Please keep reviewing. We welcome all the reviews, and yep. I we appreciate whoa, the feedback. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I welcome five star reviews. <laughs> then you can badmouth us in the actual write up. But nevertheless, 
Mary, Mary's keeping us from that five. <laughs> so, so that last review said the host is annoying. The host is plural. Oh, okay, okay. If it did say host, it probably would have been one of the two episodes you got. One of the episodes you guys hosted, obviously, because I'm sure. <laughs> um, real quick, honorable mention for uh, media social media posts. Unfortunately, the uh, Abraham Lincoln Library and Museum is shut down. They just newly shut down. But they announced it with a pretty epic photo of um, the Lincoln Wax, or latex, I guess it is, figure with a mask on. That's so awesome. Abraham Lincoln can wear a mask, so can you. So is that, um, do we still need This Week in Lincoln? Maybe we can just count that. Uh, that I should have thought of that. I think that's perfect for, unless, Mary, yep. you had one you wanted to um, use. Actually, I did. It was one from our... I know what it is. Do you? The charcoal drawing? It, it absolutely is from oh, Michael yeah, McIntyre. Yep. Yep. Michael McIntyre did amazing. I thought when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, he posted a picture of the photograph. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a charcoal drawing. Yeah, if I you thought it our, was the yeah, I thought it was the thing, and then I looked yeah. closely and I'm like, wow. Yeah, if you go to the Facebook uh, group page, if you're not a member, join. Um, and an outstanding charcoal drawing. Who did it, Mary? Michael McIntyre. Yeah, great work. Yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. The Facebook page is is very very active. So um, please like us on there. We will approve you. Seven seven seven. That's what we're sitting at. Seven hundred seventy seven. Yep. Which is wow. Really? Yeah. The slot yeah. machine. I don't know. Do we yeah, want so, more people on there? Like, oh my god! Do we need to buy like, lottery like tickets? Pretty, it feels like we're pretty lucky right now. Yeah. Do we I want to go- a comma. I want a damn comma. All right. Let's go. We're shooting for the comma. <laughs> okay. So, um, any before we wrap up, any parting thoughts, you two? No. Thank you, listeners. I know I acted like I didn't care about you, but I do. You guys are awesome. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, doing great work. I all hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving um, in America. Thanksgiving. Hopefully everybody had a great Canadian Thanksgiving, which already happened. We did. Uh, be safe. Thank you. And reach out to us. And I, agree. I agree on all points. I'm, I am thankful for you all. Uh, and, and for you to give us the opportunity to do, do this. Uh, so thank you. And yeah, stay safe, stay healthy. Yep. So um, Canadian's going to speak now. I might mispronounce some stuff, apparently. <laughs> I apologize for it. I blame it because I'm Canadian and my weird accent, whatever. Um, so anyway, so first of all, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I am very thankful to be part of this podcast. It's Thanksgiving, Mary. Thanksgiving. Okay, th- there you go. That's a little <laughs> bit closer. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in Illinois, so it's thanks. Thanksgiving. 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 First of all, it's Illinois. Okay. <laughs> Illinois. Illinois. That, that's my rapper name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Sorry, I completely derailed you, Mary. <laughs> Usually okay. we derail a lot earlier than this, yeah, though, yeah. so I think we're okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, really thankful to be part of this podcast. Um, thankful for all our listeners for how they chimed in to the Gettysburg stuff, as well as just how awesome everybody has been to support us over the last three and a bit years that we've been doing this podcast. Uh, thankful for the two of you, obviously to do this with. Um, but yeah, and just like there's a silver lining in everything. We can still connect virtually and all that. And we were able to do that doing this with the Gettysburg Address. So it was awesome to see the feedback. It actually, I knew it would go well, but not as well as like, it was like, it was like, wow, this is great. We've built a whole episode out of just what, what our listeners thought. So that was awesome. Um, so anyway, I think we're about ready to wrap up. So once we come back again, it will be post Thanksgiving. We'll be into December, which is crazy to think about. It's what the kids on the street would say. See you on the flip side. Yep, exactly. It'll be a new month when we're back here again. So on behalf of Real Splitter Jeremy and Real Splitter Nick, keep walking the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we will see you all again soon.